Hello, and welcome to the Letters from Our Fathers podcast, where we explore the actual history of America's founding fathers from their own written words and personal correspondence, but without modern partisan political ideologies. I am your host, Roman. Now let's learn some real history. All right, everybody, welcome back. This is the podcast where TLDR does not apply and the study of history is a way of life. Going to have a little bit more of a lighthearted episode for you today. I am going to talk about Christmas and New Year's resolutions. Why? Because we, we've been pretty serious on this uh, podcast here for the last, I don't know how many episodes. We, we've covered all kinds of um, very serious topics, everything from World War One, the common defense, and some of the finer moments leading up to the Revolutionary War. So I figured, what the hey? Let's uh, give it a break. And let's just uh, talk about something general, but true to form, because this is the Letters from Our Founding Fathers podcast. At the end of this episode, or towards the end of this episode, we are going to have a Christmas message from none other than John Quincy Adams, son of John Adams. Absolutely. So look forward to that, because I felt like, you know, I would be a little bit negligent in my duties if I didn't bring on the Founding Fathers to talk about Christmas in some regard. Uh, So John Quincy Adams is going to be our guest on the podcast. He's going to be joining us towards the end to give us a Christmas message of sorts. And we will be going live to 1813 to listen to John Quincy Adams give us that message. Yes, yes, indeed. 1813. That was a little bit more than 200 years ago. So let's talk about... Uh, we're going to talk about two fun topics, I think, on this episode. Uh, I, I'm not going to, like, it's no, this isn't a serious episode about New Year's resolutions. So I'm going to, I'm just going to talk generally about it. And then we're going to have some fun with uh, Christmas movies. I'm going to tell you what my favorite Christmas movie is. And I'm going to tell you how I define a Christmas movie. What makes a Christmas movie? What qualifies as a Christmas movie? Because some of you folks out there are going to disagree with me that my favorite Christmas movie is indeed a Christmas movie. But I am going to argue that it is, so get ready for that. But before we get into that, I'm going to talk about New Year's resolutions. So what do I have to say about New Year's resolutions? Somebody out there might be asking the question, Why, Roman, do you do New Year's resolutions? What, can't, what Do you do one every year, or do you just do one occasionally? And do you stick to it? Do you give up on your New Year's resolutions? by about February 15th? Good question. I don't really do New Year's resolutions, generally speaking, but I was thinking about it. If I did do a New Year's resolution, what would it be? Sometimes people do something new for a New Year's resolution, right? And what I came up with was, I, I wouldn't do something new. Like, what's what's something new that people do for New Year's resolution? Sometimes it's a new fitness plan. Uh, I, I've often heard stories that, you know, the, the, gym, the gyms fill up on... Right after New Year's, because people do the New Year's resolution and they go to the gym, work a new fitness plan, which isn't a bad idea. And then usually by about the end of February, the, the gyms start going back to their normal population level, greatly reduced from the New Year's resolution crowd, I guess, after right after January 1st. And that's probably because, you know, it's a fitness plan that's new to them. They're not used to it. They didn't plan it in their schedule properly, perhaps. You know, work gets in the way. Family commitments, responsibilities, you know, the spouse, the kids, and all the rest of it, and it just doesn't work out. So I thought, you know, maybe it's best not to do something new, like a new fitness plan, a new diet, new life goals, travel and see the world, that kind of thing. Some people do that for New Year's resolutions. I don't know why. You know, I've noticed this, um, speaking of the traveling around the world thing, the only other country I've ever been to is Canada. I've almost been to Mexico. 
Roman, what does that mean? Well, you know, I, I stood across the border and stared at Mexico, but I've never actually been there. But that's close enough. You might as well say I've been to Mexico. Do I have any real desire to travel around the world and see? Th no, I don't. I've never been a big world traveler kind of person. So that would certainly never be one of my New Year's resolutions, but I know a lot of people do like traveling. And I've always wondered, somebody might try to answer this question on a review on the podcast. If you have an answer to this question, leave a review on Apple Podcasts and let me know. And I'll bring it onto the podcast and we'll talk about it. I've often wondered, when people travel a lot, when they make it like part of their life to travel around the world, are they running towards something or are they running away from something? Good question to ask. But before I get too far off topic... What I would do for a New Year's resolution if I was if I was if I was going to do one, I wouldn't do anything new. What I would do is I would look at what I'm doing right now, my current responsibilities. It could be anything. Or your, you know, think about your life. What's going on in your life right now? What are your responsibilities? Is it being a parent? Is it being a husband? Is it being a wife? Is it being a friend to somebody? Is it, you know, expanding on your education, your self-study, your self-education? Maybe, like with this podcast, maybe you're getting into the study of history, like we talk about, where the study of history is a way of life, but it's not quite a way of life yet. You've just kind of dipped your toe into that water for the first time. When, when you first started listening to this podcast, maybe that was last month, maybe it was last year. I don't know. But I, I would find something that I'm doing right now, whether it's my responsibilities and family or friends, and I would just double down on that. I would focus on one of them, and I would just try to do it better. So if you're a parent and you have kids, maybe work has been just beating you upside the head. Your work schedule is just killing you. And you haven't really cut out the time that you want to spend with your kids, not just having fun, but being a parent, which is different. It's about educating your kids. It's about teaching them about the real world, what they're going to encounter when they go out there. Because if you don't tell them what they're going to, what they're going to encounter when they walk out there, they're going to walk straight into an L-shaped ambush and they're not going to be prepared for it. You got to take that time to sit down and talk to them. And those years that you have available to do that are getting less and less with each passing new years that comes along. So maybe you want to double down and you finally want to address those responsibilities. Or maybe you have a friend and you don't spend a lot of time with them. You don't spend a lot of time with your friends. Again, maybe work gets in the way, other things, other projects. And maybe you want to be a better friend to that person. Maybe you just want to be more present. Double down on that doesn't have to be something new. could be just something that you're doing already, but maybe other things are getting in the way. You want to push those things aside. You want to focus on that thing. And I thought about that, you know, because I was thinking about what happens, you know, towards the end. When we leave this world, and especially if we leave this world early, earlier than we thought we would, something something happens, an illness, who knows what. I oftentimes hear stories about people who, um, who in, in situations like that, they think about all of these things that they were doing, that they were working on, but they never really quite got it done. They weren't as focused as they needed to be, and they regret the things that they didn't get done. And oftentimes, it's not traveling and seeing the world. Oftentimes, it's just spending a little bit more time with people. And that could be traveling around the world. If you're traveling around the world with somebody, you have a travel partner. And maybe a New Year's resolution could be that. Think about that one thing that you'll regret not having done if you left the world tomorrow, and go do that. But that's what I think about when I think about New Year's resolutions. But have I ever actually wrote one down? Have I ever actually said, this is my plan for this year, I'm going to do a New Year's resolution, and this is it? Not really. I don't think I have. I've had goals, and I've had projects that I work on, but never really something I would call a New Year's resolution. But if you do a New Year's resolution, or if you don't, something to think about. If you do, And if you do actually do a New Year's resolution, I, I certainly hope that that goes well for you, whatever that is. And I hope it works out. And if that one doesn't, maybe you try something else the next year. That's that's the good news. Uh, as long as everything it goes reasonably well, there should be another year coming around. And you know, if you're if it if at first you don't succeed, try try again. 
And if your first plan doesn't work, try a different one. Honestly, I think I would, you know, next year, I think I would like to work a little bit harder on studying some of, some of the history that I have neglected over the years. Uh, some parts of history I study a little bit more than others. But right now, I don't know if I'll be able to do that. It's hard to say. Right now, I focus on this podcast and that leads me down studying mostly the letters, and so that I can bring that content on here. But we'll see if I have room for something else. If I do, and I run across something particularly interesting uh, in my history studies, I'll bring it on here. I'll, I'll talk to you about what I'm doing and what I found. But that's really all I got to say about New Year's resolutions. Really, really, just kind of a basic thought that ran through my head. I thought, you know, somebody might somebody might be thinking about New Year's resolutions out there. Why don't I talk about that? Now let's talk about something else. Let's talk about Christmas movies. Somebody, you know, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of Christmas movies out there, and to be honest with you, I've never really been a big fan of Christmas movies. Never have. I don't really get into them, get into them too much. I do have a favorite Christmas movie though. Like if somebody if somebody told me, "Hey Roman, you have to pick a favorite Christmas movie. You have no choice. What is it going to be?" If somebody tells me that, and I just absolutely have to pick a favorite Christmas movie, it's going to be this one. It's going to be Die Hard with Bruce Willis. And I know there's a few guys out there listening to the podcast that that just went. Yes, that is a, that is my favorite Christmas movie, too. And then there's a bunch of other people out there who, who just went, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Die Hard? That's not a Christmas movie. It's a Wonderful Life is a Christmas movie. That's a classic, right? But Die Hard? It's not a Christmas movie. What makes that a Christmas movie? Number one, it's, it's a violent movie. Some people would think it's unpleasant to watch on Christmas. Although, honestly, it has kind of an uplifting story to it. Well, once you get past all the... All the violence and everything that takes place in the movie, it's actually kind of an uplifting story. So, for those folks out there who think that that is not a Christmas movie, let me tell you why I think it is. And why in the world do I do I even think about that as, as my favorite Christmas movie? You know, honestly, when I was a kid, I didn't watch too many Disney movies, I guess, exactly. That wasn't really my thing. You know, more 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 children's movies. I didn't really watch a lot of those. I did watch some of those. But the movies I remember watching most when I was a kid were the kind of movies that my father would watch. And, of course, my father was interested in movies like Die Hard, Terminator, Rambo, things of that nature. So that's what I watched. So that's kind of where my the, the genesis of my thinking when it comes to my favorite movies comes from. It, it comes from there. It was, uh, that, that, uh, that was sculpted in my childhood. So I remember watching Die Hard when I was very young. I, I don't remember how young I was when I first saw that movie. I was probably like six or seven, maybe... Eight years old. Eight, uh, nah, I, I wasn't even. I was younger than eight. It had to have been six or seven years old. Now, you might think to yourself, that's probably an inappropriate movie for a six, seven-year-old kid to watch. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, I turned out okay. Or at least I like to think I did. But what makes that a Christmas movie? Here's, here's my criteria for a Christmas movie. And you, you, you uh, tell me if you agree or you disagree with me. A Christmas movie, I have four criteria for a Christmas movie, and the movie only has to meet three of them. If it meets three of them, that's a uh, 75%. Of the criteria, three out of four. If it meets that criteria, it's a Christmas movie. If it doesn't, like if it only makes two out of four, one out of four, it's not a Christmas movie. So what's the criteria? Number one, and this one should be obvious, it has to take place on or around Christmas. It has to, it has to have an immediate proximity to the actual Christmas season. It can't take place in July, okay? That, that's, that's, that's a non-starter. It can't take place in April. That's not going to work. Has to take place during the Christmas season, most most closely defined as the Christmas season, like you know after Thanksgiving, before January first. Second criteria for a Christmas movie: it has to have Christmas music in it somewhere, and it, it doesn't have to be specific Christmas music, just Christmas music, so, some kind of Christmas music, any kind of Christmas music. Third criteria: it has to have a Christmas tree. 
It has to have a Christmas tree in the movie somewhere. Fourth criteria, it has to have a Santa Claus hat. So what I really look for is I look for, you know, my primary, my primary qualifiers. Does it take place around the Christmas season? And does it have Christmas music in it? And then I look for one of, one, one of two of the others, if, they, if it doesn't have both. It either has to have a Christmas tree or it has to have a Santa Claus hat. Either one of those means that it's a Christmas movie, combined with the other two. So does Die Hard meet the qualification for a Christmas movie by my definition of Christmas movie? Yes, it does. It takes place during the Christmas season. There is indeed Christmas music in there, and there is a Santa Claus hat. And honestly, I think there is a Christmas tree as well. Uh, the Christmas tree, you have to look for it. It's, it's in the background. Uh, I, I noticed it during one scene in particular. It's towards the beginning of the movie when he's in the building. Uh, they're having a Christmas party there at the office. There is a Christmas tree in the background. So Die Hard actually meets four out of four, not just three out of four. By my criteria, it only has to meet three out of four. But Die Hard hits a Grand Slam home run by meeting four out of four criteria. That's why I call it a Christmas movie. Does anybody disagree with me? Does anybody agree with me out there? Have we settled this issue once and for all? And if that wasn't enough to settle the issue is Die Hard, a Christmas movie. Here's something I've seen the last two years that, that, that confirms for me that I, am, I feel vindicated in my feelings about Die Hard as a Christmas movie. If you go on Apple TV, the last two Christmases, I saw this today, by the way. If you go on Apple TV and you look at the holiday movie selection, one of the movies that you will see in there is Die Hard, I kid you not. It was, I saw it on iTunes. In the Christmas movie selection. Dead serious. So there, the, the debate is settled in my book. Die Hard is, in fact, a Christmas movie. And by the way, another uh, often forgotten Christmas movie, Lethal Weapon. There's another movie I watched when I was a kid. Lethal Weapon is most assuredly a Christmas movie. I know that there's a Christmas tree in it. It's in, one of, it's in, uh, it's in the detective's house. There is definitely Christmas music. As a matter of fact, it starts off with Christmas music at the very beginning of the movie. And then, of course, it takes place on or around the Christmas season. Now, Lethal Weapon, is that, is that, uh, do I think that's a good Christmas movie? It definitely wouldn't make my favorite Christmas movie list by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I'm much more of a diehard kind of guy than I am a Lethal Weapon kind of guy. I mean, if you, can break, if you can break men up into categories like that, are you a diehard guy or are you a Lethal Weapon kind of guy? I, I don't know what the difference would be, but I'm definitely a diehard kind of guy. Anybody else feel the same way? So there we go. That's the, that's the Christmas movie commentary from, the, uh, from uh, your host here uh, on uh, Letters from Our Founding Fathers podcast. Now, again, somebody might think, my gosh, Roman, what, what does any of this have to do with the Founding Fathers? Well, number one, we're taking a little bit of a break. And number two, like I said, John Quincy Adams is going to be a guest on the podcast. We're saving him to the end of the podcast. So if you want to hear from the Founding Fathers, you will hear a good Christmas message from John Quincy. Now, before I get to that, you know, sometimes, you know, a lot of people, this, this, um, this, you know, during the Christmas season, Thanksgiving, whatnot, you know, they have Thanksgiving, they have Christmas off work. Thank goodness, get to spend some time with friends, family, get to, uh, get to rest and relax, perhaps, hopefully, or maybe you're traveling a lot. Traveling, to, that's another reason why I don't like traveling, especially on the holidays. It's just a lot of work. To me, travel is work. That's, that's, that's a big reason why I don't like traveling. But uh, hopefully you get some time to rest and relax, spend some time with the family. But I'll tell you what, there's a lot of folks out there, and I wanted to send a thank you out to anybody who might be listening to the podcast who falls into any one of these categories. And I can't, I can't name everybody because there's just too many. But there's a lot of folks who work through Christmas. They show up to work either Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and beyond. Uh, Thanksgiving Day, too, they work. I, I've worked every holiday I, back in the past. I haven't in some years, actually, because I, I with my job I have now, I, cur I, I typically have holidays off. But I remember, I mean, I've worked 
plenty of Independence Days. I've worked a, I've worked a few Thanksgivings in my time, and I've worked definitely worked some Christmases in my time. Maybe I'll tell you. I, I have an interesting story about Thanksgiving. It's more of a. It was frustrating at the time. When I look back on it, it's kind of it's kind of funny. And I have a Thanksgiving story about when I was working on Thanksgiving one year. This is many years ago. Maybe I'll tell that story sometime. But I wanted to thank all those folks who continue to work, keep the country going on the holidays, and they don't get the day off. They may, maybe they don't get Christmas off to spend with their families. Uh, certainly, the folks in the military would fall into that category. Uh, a big uh, shout out to you folks in the military who stand on the on the line of defense for the United States of America and for other countries around the world, uh, defending freedom and liberty, the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, all these things that we uh, that we care about, certainly on this podcast. I know there's plenty of people in the United States who don't care about any of that, but I certainly do, and I know pretty much everybody who listens to this podcast does. So thank you for that. Uh, the doctors and nurses out there, the ones that actually have integrity, uh, thank you for doing what you do, um, staying out there, keeping folks alive. Uh, if they're if they're having a health emergency on the holidays, on Christmas, you you got to go in there, you got to go to work, you got to save lives, and you got to take care of people. Thank you for that. Uh, all those folks who keep the gas stations working. Hard to get fuel when you're traveling on the holidays if you can't stop and get fuel. You know, if uh, all these places are closed. I don't know about Christmas. I don't know how many restaurants might be open on Christmas. Probably Christmas Eve. But there's definitely some restaurants that are typically open on Thanksgiving. Thanks to all those folks out there who work in the restaurants and keep those things going. I've done that before. And a uh, big thank you to all the truck drivers out there. Uh, the people who are freight haulers. You know, those those folks are typically out on the road most of the time. And it's not just during the holidays they don't get to see their families. It's the, most of the rest of the year also. So big big shout out to you folks and thank you for doing what you do. And if uh, if there's any uh, if there's any truck drivers out there that listen to this podcast, if you have access to Apple Podcasts, leave a review on the podcast. Let me know you're out there, and uh, it'd be good to hear from you. And if you have any questions or suggestions, thoughts about the podcast, the content contained herein, uh, let us know. And that goes for uh, pretty much everybody else as well. I, I always like to remind everybody if you want, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, feelings, impressions about the uh, podcast, and you have access to Apple Podcasts, which is where I check for the reviews. Go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Hit us up. Let me know what's going on, if you have any suggestions or comments about what uh, what we've covered thus far. Maybe there's a founding father you want to hear from that we haven't talked about yet. Let me know. I'll try to dig something up uh, sooner rather than later. I'll try I'll try to get to a lot of the big names obviously as we go through the uh, as we go through this podcast as the years go on. Uh, some of the names we we sit, we probably just won't get to for time consideration, but I'll try to get to most of them. So without further delay, for those folks out there who are looking for some Founding Fathers content on this episode, we have arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, John Quincy Adams is joining us on the podcast live from 1813. He is going to give us what I would describe as a Christmas message. Now, this is a letter that he wrote in March of 1813. This is after Christmas, but you'll understand when I'm reading this that this carries a very Christmas-type message. Uh, and for all those folks out there who don't celebrate Christmas, maybe you celebrate one of the other holidays that, that come about during this particular time of year, uh, I certainly hope your holiday is enjoyable as well. Uh, sir, I don't mean to uh, neglect your holiday as much as anything. I just know the, the vast majority of people who listen to this podcast probably, probably celebrate some version of Christmas. Which is why I talk about it. I don't talk about every holiday as it goes by, but um, Christmas is one. I didn't really talk much about Christmas last year, though, I don't think. Uh, last year, I think I focused mostly on Thanksgiving. And next year, I'll probably focus on another holiday, perhaps. And I did talk about Independence Day. Uh, that kind of goes hand in hand with this podcast, though, doesn't I don't think I could do this podcast in any given year without talking about Independence Day. That would practically be a crime. So let's read from this letter. This is a letter 
that John Quincy Adams wrote to George Washington Adams on March 21st of 1813. And he wrote this from St. Petersburg. And no, that's not St. Petersburg, Florida. It's the other one. Now, you might be asking yourself, who in the heck is George Washington Adams? Well, that's his son. That is the son of John Quincy Adams, the grandson of John Adams. Interesting how he named him George Washington Adams, isn't it? I tell you, George Washington was a big name during this time and after. I mean, there's a reason why there's, you know, there's a city named after the guy. Honestly, I wish they would change the name at this point, not because I have a problem with Washington or whatever it was that he did that somebody might be upset about, but just because I don't like his name on that city, which is probably the most corrupt city in the United States of America. Uh, and it's, I'm not just talking about the Congress. I'm talking about the city itself. The district is about as corrupt. I, I, I literally call it the District of Corruption as opposed to the District of Columbia. Does anybody else do that? Anybody else out there call it the District of Corruption? I do. You know, I can, I can hear it now. Somebody out there is going to be like, Oh my gosh, Roman, for Pete's sake, do you ever let up on those people? Do you ever stop harassing those people in Washington, D.C.? Nope. They earn every bit of criticism and derision that I have for them. I mean, every single ounce of it. I know I, I will never let it go. I'm pretty sure that on my deathbed, Many years from now, the last words out of my mouth will be some form of criticism of those lunatics in that town. Just FYI. Why? Because I just, I can't help myself. But that's a topic for another day. Right now, we're talking about John Quincy Adams. So this is uh, John Quincy writing a letter to his son. And it's a good one. It's a, it's a long letter, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This is a long letter, but we're just going to read a portion of it. Just a portion of it, so don't worry. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. Professor John Quincy Adams is going to teach us uh, some stuff. And for those folks out there who are not uh, of a Christian sensibility, uh, this is just history. This is just—understand, this is just me reading a letter. I'm not uh, trying to turn this into a religious podcast or a church service of any kind— this is just what I like to call history, and history sometimes contains religion. Shocking, uh, especially when you're talking about the Founding Fathers. Believe me, this is not the last time that you're going to hear stuff like this. This is going to come up later on when I talk about separation of church and state. Boy, I know that's going to—in this country, that's going to set some people's ears on fire, but, you know, history sometimes does that. It's uh, History is not what we want it to be. History simply is— what it is, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. So let us read, quote, My dear son, I have promised you in my former letters to state the particulars in which I deemed the Christian dispensation to be an improvement or perfection of the law delivered from Sinai, considered as including a system of morality. But before I come to this point, it is proper to remark upon the moral character of the book of the Old Testament, subsequent to those of Moses. Some of these are historical, some prophetical, some poetical, and two may be considered as peculiarly of the moral class, one of them being an affecting dissertation upon the vanity of human life, and the other a collection of moral sentences under the same Proverbs, end quote. So what is, what is John Quincy doing here? I actually made a brief reference to this at the beginning of the podcast as it pertained to New Year's resolutions. John Quincy Adams, despite his responsibilities, which were extensive in his life, and he was—why was, why is he in St. Petersburg during this time? 
He's in St. Petersburg. And by the way, this is St. Petersburg, Russia. What is he doing in St. Petersburg at this time? Well, at this time, he was minister to Russia. Minister to Russia, which is basically, I mean, why don't we just call him an ambassador? And by the way, if you uh, if you want to read some of the history of that, if you go to the usembassy.gov website, it'll actually make mention of that, along with, obviously, a lot of other embassy history and so on and so forth. But that's what he was doing in St. Petersburg at the time. Probably a, a very busy man. But he took the time to write about this to his son. Why? Because he could have written to his son about anything. Hello, how you doing? How's the family? How's everybody else doing? Happy New Year, whatever. But he's writing about this, something very serious. I mean, this is a serious topic. It's complicated. He's trying to educate his son. That's what he's doing. He's basically acting in as, as a father in his uh, capacity to, as far as you know, his responsibility to educate his son in something that he deems to be very, very important. In this case, it's the study of the Bible. Interesting. I found that to be interesting. Now let's segue down in this letter, and let's read the, the next section here. Quote, From that day... Until the birth of Christ, a period of about 1,500 years, the historical books of the Old Testament are no more than a simple record of the fulfillment of the covenant in all its blessings and all its curses, exactly adapted to the fulfillment or the transgression of its duties by the people. The nation was governed first by Joshua, under the express appointment of God, then by a succession of judges, and afterward by a double line of kings until conquered and carried into captivity by the kings of Assyria and of Babylon. Seventy years afterward, restored again to their country, their temple and their laws, and again conquered by the Romans, and ruled by their tributary kings and by proconsuls. Through all these vicissitudes and varieties of fortune, they never complied with the duties to which they had bound themselves by the covenant, without being loaded with the blessings promised on Mount Gerizim, and never departed from them without being afflicted with, the, with some of the curses denounced upon Mount Ebal. The prophetical books are themselves historical, for prophecy is in the strictest sense no more than history related before the event. But the Jewish prophets, of whom there were a succession almost constant from the time of Joshua to that of Christ, were messengers specially commissioned by God to warn the people of their duty, to foretell the punishments which awaited their transgressions, and finally to keep alive, by unintermitted prediction, the expectation of the Messiah, the seed of Abraham, in whom all the families of the earth should be blessed, end quote. So clearly there's a, there is a Christmas message in there, even though this is not explicitly a, a Christmas letter, speaking of the uh, nativity per se. So that is, our, that is our Christmas message from John Quincy Adams. The letter is full of that stuff, by the way. It's a very, like I said, it's a very lengthy letter. And, and this kind of thing, you know, shows up periodically in the writings of our founding fathers. The vast majority of them being Christian people. However inconvenient it may be for that to be acknowledged by present-day America, that is the truth. Uh, some more so than others. And, and, you know, and just, like, just like any other period of time in history, you know, you have those with a Christian sensibility that are... Very strict, or, or for the most part, strict in following the standards set out by their book. And then you have others which are really, you know, Christians in name only. But that's normal. I, but I get, I get the impression that John Quincy Adams and his father, especially John Adams, were, were very much uh, fairly adherent to their faith. It's very interesting. But just a, just a glimpse of the Founding Fathers. 
on this topic of religion. We will, like I said, we'll be, we haven't talked a lot about that on this podcast as of yet. I've been focused so much on this build up to the war that we really haven't done an episode on that exclusively. But, you know, we will eventually. There's probably going to be at least a few, maybe three episodes on that in total. I'm kicking around some ideas on exactly how I want to cover that. But I thought I, w- I, thought I would break open the door to that uh, for the Christmas podcast of this, uh, or the Christmas episode of this podcast, I should say. So there we go. We got to hear from uh, one of the Founding Fathers on this episode, and I hope that was uh, somewhat enlightening or, you know, revealed something that maybe you hadn't heard from John Quincy Adams before. Former President of these United States. And again, I think I mentioned this before, but a little fun fact about John Quincy Adams. I think he was the first president to ever be photographed. I don't think, I don't know that he was photographed while he was president. I think it was after, but he was photographed. There's a picture of John Quincy Adams. And I always marvel at that because, I mean, this is a, a photography was a, it, it's, it's a technology and it's relatively modern. It, it, it was invented not very long ago in the grand scheme of things. And here is a man who lived through the Revolutionary War, was old enough to remember it, very well. And we do have a picture of that guy. The only thing that would be better than that is if we had, like, video with audio of that guy. Wouldn't that be something? That's that's something that would be incredible. Uh, but unfortunately, that technology just wasn't there. But I, I would have a blast with material like that. I would, I would thoroughly enjoy that if that would have been the case. So on the next episode of the podcast here we are going to be probably back into the letters i got some uh, inf- i got some stuff already kind of potted up for the next episode and we will be back to the serious business of the build-up to the war and all of the content that we have been talking about since we started this podcast it's going to start to we're going to start to get close to that benjamin franklin is going to come back to the colonies he's going to leave he's going to leave england and we're going to talk about that and he, he leaves just in time i mean literally just in time right before the war I mean, if he would have waited much longer, he would have, uh, he, he would have been, he may have been stuck there after the war started. So it is really by some miracle that, talk, talk about, you know, in, in the, in the, you know, spirit of Christmas miracles, it wasn't Christmas time when he left, but it was a miracle that that man actually made it back at the time he did, because it was so close to the war. Because, I mean, we're in 1775 territory with Benjamin Franklin and the letters, and he's still in London, and the war starts in April. So he doesn't have a lot of time to make it back. He's really riding right on the edge of the war. and But thank goodness we got him back. And, and that, that is, I say it's a miracle because I, I scarcely think he's one of those indispensable men. Could we have done it without Benjamin Franklin? Could we have won that war? Could we have brought this country together without Benjamin Franklin? I don't know. That's the question. I mean, there's other founding fathers I could say, you know, eh, probably. We probably could have done it without them. The others could have filled in the gap. We would have been fine, but with Benjamin Franklin, the I just simply don't know. But we'll get into that more on the next episode. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, was this a good detour? Did you enjoy this episode? It was a little bit different than what we usually do. I managed to uh, finagle a way to get some Founding Fathers back on, on this episode, even though it was kind of an off episode, a really off episode, where we're just talking about New Year's resolutions and my bizarre definitions of Christmas movies. And... <laughs> My favorite Christmas movie, which uh, many folks would probably disagree with, uh, not only just being a Christmas movie, but also being a good Christmas movie. But, you know, to each his own. Everybody has their own opinion. Did you like this episode? Did you not? If you take issue with this episode, leave a review on the podcast. Let me know. If you enjoy this episode, leave a review on the podcast on Apple Podcasts and let me know. Periodically, once in a blue moon, I can go ahead and do an episode like this just to take a break from the content if uh, if that is at all desirable on the part of the rest of the members of the study group. I'll see what I can do. So I hope to see everybody back here on the next episode of the podcast. Again, 
so we can read some more letters from the Founding Fathers of the United States of America. And until then, this is Roman, signing out. Thank you.